Is this okay if I'm speaking at this volume? Yeah, you're, it's a little loud. It's a little loud. It's a little loud for me. <laughs> that reminded me of um, how you just said that when Scott and I were first living with you guys the first time we babysat and Jude asked Scott to sing him a song. <laughs> And then he just rapped, don't waste your life because he couldn't think of any other song. And Jude goes at the end and Jude is like five, maybe six. And he goes, that was kind of weird for me. (laughs) Welcome to the 81st episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. This is a resource that's designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. And in this episode, we're going to be in the fifth episode of the Escaping Babel mini-series that we've been doing over the past few months. Reminder, this mini-series is about human development. It's about how to navigate human sexuality. It's about navigating the life stages. We've been talking about practical things like advice for young women, advice for young men, dating advice, how the generations should interact with one another, and other things like that. It's been, it has been a journey as we've gone through all these different things. This week, you're going to hear from lead pastor Nick Gibson, his assistant Jill Reese, and the director of worship arts Nicole Kyle, and they're going to be talking about dating advice. Uh, a lot of it is going to be dating advice for men. There is some dating advice for women as well, but they're going to be talking about those things. So if you are a young man or a young woman who is interested in dating, this is the episode for you. So welcome to the episode. Okay, welcome everyone to um, the Engage and Quit podcast, which is a resource designed to make substantive disciples in the local church. And we are talking about Escaping Babel. This is our fifth uh, episode, I guess, of the mini-series of Escaping Babel, and we're going to be talking about dating advice today. Um, but some things we want to clarify, I'm, well, first of all, I'm here with Nick. Hi. And Nicole. Hello. Nicole Kyle and Nick Gibson. So um, we are talking about a lot of things that come, we've been saying like, don't do this, do this, in a lot of our episodes, and we just want to clarify that these are principles most of the time rather than rules, and uh, except for when we talk about what the Bible says. <laughs> and um, uh, this applies to this episode and also other episodes that we've been doing. Um, and also we want to clarify what Escaping Babel refers to if you are here listening for the first time to this episode as your first episode. So Nick, uh, could you tell yes. us what we mean by Escaping Babel? Yeah, so there's essentially two things we mean by Escaping Babel. The first is the Babel in this story in the early part of Genesis um, is a place where people are so confused they can't do anything together. And so I would say on the first level, that's that's the first metaphor, is that um, you've heard me say a lot of times that secular, secular sophistication makes people incredibly naive. They think they're being very sophisticated. They're actually very naive because they don't understand human nature anymore. And so what happens is you get a culture that kind of disintegrates and nobody knows what anybody's doing. And it, it's like nobody's speaking the same cultural language mm-hmm. and you can't accomplish anything and it creates chaos. Okay, so that's the first metaphor. The second is the irony of the Tower of Babel was that God had told people in the first chapters of Genesis what their job was. It was to multiply biologically and to spread out horizontally throughout the whole earth to bring God's image to all of his creation, to bring flourishing and order to all of it. Babel is where they decide to do literally the opposite. Instead of to spread out horizontally, they gather in one place to make a city. They build it straight up towards the heavens and they say it's to make a name for themselves. So they don't, instead of spreading out, they come together. Instead of 
bringing order horizontally in the world. They try to order up to the heavens and they say exactly why they do that. Instead of to spread the the glory and flourishing of God throughout the whole earth, they're trying to make a name for themselves. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you create chaos and disorder and babble. And so my argument is, is that we are entering that in our culturally, we exist in a babble. And so Christians are trying to figure out what is the truth, what is the right application of God's actual intention for our nature and redemption in this particular culture of moment, which is much more like living in the city of Babel being built up Mm -hmm. to the sky than it is living in the garden of Eden Mm -hmm. or in the final city of God. And so we have to be very wise and we have to, we can't go along with the culture. A lot of our views are going to have to be like almost diametrically countercultural because as humans in this culture, we're doing the opposite of what God has said we should do. And it's because we're, we believe we're the opposite of what God says we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're talking about dating today. What does that have to do with what you just said? Like a lot. <laughs> I mean, one of the, one of the things that we as a culture do diametrically opposite to what God mm-hmm. says we should do based on having diametrically opposite views of what we are is in relation to a ship to our romance, our bonding, our procreation and our formation into the smallest units that create a civilization, what we call family. Mm-hmm. And so dating is very directly related to that. And we, our culture, I think does it very, 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 very wrong. And so I, we can't be 20% different. We have to completely rethink mm-hmm. the entire practice mm-hmm. Yeah, of how men and women come together, what they're coming together for, how they proceed in doing so all of that. Yeah, that's good. So in, I think it was the second uh, escaping babble. It was actually a live recording and it was a class. And we, Nick, you mentioned that men should ask out one woman a month um, if they are not with someone, obviously. And so um, we are going to talk about some dating advice for men to kind of add some nuance to that. Yeah, statement. even though I would love to, re- I think one of the things we need to redefine is what it means to quote, be with someone. Yes. I think that is an extremely worldly concept. And so I've told young men before who greatly admired young women who had been dating mm-hmm. other men for a year and a half and weren't engaged to them yeah. that they should ask those girls out. And and they're like, but they're dating, they're with somebody. I'm like, no, 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 no. When they're married, they're with someone. Maybe when they're engaged. But if that guy isn't pulling the trigger and he's dated her for a year and a half, he's wasting her time and he's abusing and misusing her youth and her presence in his life and you should ask her out because then maybe he'll he'll marry her and maybe mm-hmm. maybe that'll maybe maybe you won't get her but maybe they will do what they're supposed right. to do because yeah. of that and you will you will force the hand in that mm-hmm. but i listen if somebody came to me and be like hey i've been dating this girl for like two years man and this guy like in your church asked her out you should like say something i'd be like dude you're the idiot here <laughs> not him i told him to ask her out because she's not married Anyway, that's a rant for later. Well, that, that makes sense. <laughs> that we've done 40% of now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's on our list. It's on our list. It's on our list. All right. So, but yes, I have said that I think single men who wish to be married, um, which is going to be most of them because it's better to marry them than burn with passion, as the apostle says, mm-hmm. um, that you have to actively do stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, that may, that probably includes, if you're in a community where there are godly women around you, like High Point Church, but there are other places too. Um, you need to ask, so you need to initiate. It's okay, so short rant on the Me Too thing that's going on right now culturally. One of the reasons why sexual assault is an issue 
is because consent is problematic, right? Because nobody wants to be rejected. And so human beings have always negotiated consent like intuitionally and subtly in real time, right? And that's that's not a great way to do it unless both people are very emotionally healthy and right. And so, you know, like you've probably had the experience in the like muted sense of like, there was some time there was some boy you liked, you're pretty, and he like tried to hold your hand and you had to decide whether you're going to like hold his hand back and how do you signal that? And was it a strong enough signal or too weak a signal, but all that, right. That's very subtle negotiations. Right. Mm -hmm. And see for a lot of people, they, that's both exhilarating and terrifying. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel alive. It like, and so when you enter into that negotiation with somebody, it is fraught with all kinds of difficulties if there are not a ton of moral rules embedded in the characters of the people engaging in it, right? And so that's one of the reasons why, because that's one of the reasons why sexual assault is such a problematic thing, because if you don't have these moral guidelines like laying around that, but then you have all the rejection and acceptance and fear and frustration of that interaction, it's just bound to go wrong some percentage of the time. Mm-hmm. Like the woman will like, kind of want to say no, but kind of not for other reasons. And she's conflicted, but now she's got to decide in a half a second what she's going to do. But this isn't a decision she can really make like that. And then later she really regrets the decision she made one way or another. Mm-hmm. Maybe she felt like she rebuffed a guy that maybe she shouldn't have, or maybe she went farther than she wanted to with a guy. She, right. And, and like all of that and the anger that it can create frustration creates all these variances of like sexual regret so like I'm making so for, from the I'm making a bottom gesture <laughs> to a gesture above it of sexual regret, mm-hmm. and then at some point it becomes I think rightly called sexual assault because somebody is sending back a message of like I'm not okay with this. That might be a fairly subtle message. It might be a very loud message, and then the other person is saying, "No, you really do. You really should go along with this, or I'm going to try to get you to go along with this." And like that's a very it's a subtle variant, but it, that's a real change, and yet. When you add in all the hormonal effects of arousal, um, arousal is a little bit like being drunk. You don't really care. I mean, that's one of the reasons why women will have sex with men that they could get pregnant and they like still have sex with them because arousal has an alcohol kind of effect Mm -hmm. where like, you know what you're doing, you know, whether it's right or wrong, you just don't really care. Right. Same thing with like drunk people get in cars and they drive them and they're like, they know they could crash. They just don't really care. And that's the same thing with one of the reasons why alcohol and sex should not be combined ever, especially outside of marriage, but probably only lightly inside of marriage, right? Because arousal has its own alcoholic effect. And so when you get men who do not have very strongly formed characters, and then you get the arousal effect where the conscience, their conscience is mitigated because of arousal. And then a woman starts to send signals that she thinks are very clear and that would be clear to a non-aroused person that they don't want to go further. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, that may, so like there's all kinds of stuff swirling around in here. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons why like fathers used to protect their daughters. Right. Mm-hmm. Or fathers would be, it's one of the reasons why guy, dads didn't want their daughters in cars with any boy. Mm-hmm. Right. When, when my girls ask me, is so-and-so a, a nice boy? I say, every boy that age is two boys. They are the nice boy. And then they're the hormonally driven boy. And when they're not hormonally altered, they're a nice young man. But every young man has 
way too much mm-hmm. testosterone running through their system and not nearly enough character to control it yet. And with and the reason why I say this is relevant to Babel mm-hmm. is because when we used to have a more sensible sexual culture, we had all these parental and societal yeah. controls that dealt with the fact that every maturing young person. So now I'm talking more about 13 to 22 ish, not so much older than that. What you with, with like all the people you get this, these, this hormonal insanity, right? And yet in literally physiologically, their brain development isn't such that it is in fully in control of all of this. And so you have like five to 10 years in every human's life where they're not in control of their being. Their hormones are driving them insane and their brain hasn't caught up and their character hasn't really caught up. Right. And what they actually need is external environmental controls like curfews and (laughs) Mm -hmm. supervision Mm -hmm. and so on. And they, what they don't need is pornography coming into their phones Mm -hmm. and so on. Mm -hmm. And so what we've done is we've taken away the controls Mm-hmm. And then we've dumped gasoline onto the problem <laughs> through technology yeah. and mm-hmm. the ubiquity of pornography and the whole like, you can do anything you want with each other, just don't sexually assault each other. Well, mm-hmm. if you can do whatever you want with each other and you take away the constraints and then you yeah. throw gasoline on the fire and then you feminize men and yet they're still men and then women are encouraged to be promiscuous and to be alone with guys, even guys they don't know very well, mm-hmm. but yet they're not supposed to be sexually assaulted. What you're basically doing is you're you're stirring up a cake batter and you're saying, we're going to put this in the oven, but we're not going to get a cake. You're, you're basically producing the perfect set of conditions to produce sexual assaults and all kinds of other evils mm-hmm. and then saying, but we shouldn't get any sexual assaults. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not, I am not in any sense justifying sexual assault, but, I, but the last thing I'm going to tell my daughters is, look, men shouldn't sexually assault you, so you shouldn't have to think about sexual assault. What I tell my daughters is, listen, men shouldn't sexually assault you, but men are going to try. If you don't follow these rules, if you don't put on these constraints, if you don't go around with other girls that you trust, if you don't drink at parties where like, if you don't do those things, you're going to get sexually assaulted. You may get sexually assaulted even if you do all of those things. Right. And so even like talking to girls about like how to forcefully say no and getting them to practice. It's one of the reasons why sometimes people put women into martial arts. In martial arts, you have to do these quick, decisive actions where you yell in conjunction with the behaviors. And that's that's often good for young women to be like, no, mm-hmm. yeah. like physical push. No, like, and if you don't psychologically prepare yourself beforehand, a lot of women say, especially temperamentally sensitive women, it was almost like something was happening to me in an out of body experience yeah. because they, they, they like basically freeze mm-hmm. and then they're not really saying no. Hmm. they're yelling no inside their Mm -hmm. psychology but they don't actually say no and then is that sexual assault and it's sort of like well that should have never happened yeah so i think there's a lot we could get into with that right but i think so therefore we have to completely scrap the entire cultural model of how men and women relate to each other of all ages Mm -hmm. yes and i think we've got some principles where we'll go through that will hopefully yeah, sorry if, that, sorry if that was too much rant, but I, th- that Me Too thing is so big right yeah, now. Yeah, it does frame and, what we're talking about. And one of the points I'm trying to make in this series is when you don't when you don't listen to God, you will think you're becoming more sophisticated, especially through the use of secularism. You'll think you're becoming sophisticated and you completely lose grip on what a human being is. 
And then you come up with some system that you think, quote, ought to work. You have this new idealism of like, well, it sh- the world should be this way. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you begin to pretend as though a human being is something other than it is. And then you get angry that the world you want can't be that way. And then you look for somebody to blame and then you start hating them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a horrifically unproductive, wrong, immoral, ugly, terrible state of affairs. Mm-hmm. And you'll be so upset by it because you think it's supposed to work and you'll still feel morally superior while you're creating an environment that must destroy the lives mm-hmm. of others. Yeah. One thing that stuck out to me in one of the previous escaping babbles was how you talked about men. God created men to be protectors and providers. And so I think some of these things that we'll go through for men, I think, um, are, are ways to be that way. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so um, one of the first ones is really based on initiation and how, how you can initiate as a man to ask a woman out. So Nick, can you talk about some of that? And Nicole, please feel but free. But yeah, why don't you guys say, do some talking and then okay, I'll, yeah. I'll interject because okay, we we we've talked about this stuff before. Okay. Um, okay, so the first piece of advice here is when you're asking a girl out, please use the word date. <laughs> she should never have to wonder if this is a date or if this is just a hangout. My sister and I used to talk about maybe dates. Like, oh, I'm going on a maybe date later today. And that's such a, a frustrating place to be. So just use the word date. Say, mm-hmm. I would like to take you on a date. <laughs> it may be scarier because you might, It's. it feels like there's more of a chance of rejection if you say that as opposed to just saying, you want to go hang out? But mm-hmm. um, this is a way to care for the women that you're, the woman that you're interested in and that you're asking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So use the word date. Do not use the words hang out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that is like, so statistically, apparently this is like how young people date now is they go hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's that's fairly unhelpful because mm-hmm. it is it is pre-wrap for promiscuity. Mm-hmm. Like if you hang out in a place with somebody alone in a comfortable environment. Especially in a your home. Right, especially in your home. a bed, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Couches and so right. forth. Or just a floor or where just there's floor. no stranger around. Right. It really but, doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like it's... It's it, it like and you can think it's going fine and you can do that a couple of times maybe yeah. but like at some point it's gonna like just turn mm-hmm. and that's not probably mm. the best thing yeah you know yeah and it's and the inform the informality of it actually isn't helpful after a while yeah yeah it's true um if you find that you so I think an, an easy thought to have is like okay but I'm you know poor college student. I can't take this girl out to dinner. Well, you could get a job um, and that could help. (laughs) But also even like there are things you can do. So for example, you could decide that you're never going to be at your apartment when your roommates aren't around Mm -hmm. and that you're never going to be in a room with a door closed. Like you can put those parameters in. And also you could go on a walk in a public space where Mm -hmm. that's free. So there are ways to work around this. Another thing with this is to... Um, and women like that going yes. on a walk no like oh. yes going <laughs> well, on a walk that's true yes but, but like doing well, something there were yeah. there was a there was a time in my dating life where I started to adopt these sorts of things more and um, I and I dated some women that were sort of like modern Gen Xers at the time so which is still a very promiscuous culture and I would be like look I can't do that Would can we do this and, and they'd be like why Why not and I was like I, and I would say something like well I, I'm interested in protecting your reputation like you're your, your honor matters to me and mm-hmm. people will make assumptions about you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you should have to deal with those assumptions. And y- if you explain it in a certain way, usually women are like, 
Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very respectful. I thought so. Siri thinks it's very respectful too. <laughs> That's funny. Siri just said, I thought so to your comment. That's great. Well, as long as I have her approval, <laughs> then I can I can go on. So yeah, I think um, so. Sometimes men, you, these these sorts of practices, women like mm-hmm. like yes. protect yeah. practices where you're like, I'm I'm actually doing this partly to protect you from me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the first man I'm going to protect you from is me. Mm-hmm. Women like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I th- I think in like little acts of protection that aren't overbearing. Yeah, are. Usually just they're women, like even women who say they will not like them because ideologically they're like, I don't like that. Like a woman who likes a man at all and they go to cross the street and he touches the small of her back with one of his hands. Most women have a positive visceral response to that, mm-hmm. even if it confuses them mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another part with the like, as, as you're asking the date, asking for the date and initiating, um, you should do it in person. Yes, <laughs> you should. Which is actually necessary to, to explain in this culture where many people ask people out texting or yeah. break up texting. But. I've had I've had young women in our church in my house receive text messages of from the men they've just met, asking them on maybe dates. <sighs> And they're just double, like, and they'll look at me no. and say, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Do you want me to talk to him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just it, there. It's, it takes courage and it takes bravery mm-hmm. and that gets into the next one. So maybe we and, should. And you have no capacity when you text a woman to control how they hear the intonation right. and mm-hmm. masculinity of the statement yeah. you're making. And so you almost always sound like a weenie when they yes. read your text to their girlfriend, which they will <laughs> yes. and say, it's what does true. this mean? <laughs> or their it, pastor. They apparently. Will, they'll, they'll read it with this kind of like frustrated voice. And the other girl is going to say, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't know what that means. Why does he do that? And they're like, and they'll, they'll be like, like men today and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. And they won't be like, they won't read it in this husky, masculine, <laughs> desirous voice of a model. You know, that that's not going to happen, but you can, mm-hmm. you can determine mm-hmm. that if you're doing it in person. Yeah. Now, again, this is an example where like, if you live around the globe from someone that you are interested in right. pursuing and you can't ask them in person, like you could still Skype them. You could still <laughs> Skype so them. So there, but Yeah. It's mm-hmm. you could also send them a voice recording text message, <laughs> yeah. which was would be better. Yes. But yeah. if you live in the same places, then that is you shouldn't do that. And if you text them to ask them on a date, then you absolutely have to use the word date. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But Otherwise, just please don't do that anyway. Yeah. But yeah please don't, don't do that. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Yep. Jill, you want to talk about the next yes, one? Yes, I do. So okay. um, this goes along with what we we're talking about. But be confident. Um, it's very attractive when someone is confident that you would go out with them. When you when you ask someone out confidently and then it seems like you think that we're going to say yes. <laughs> um, and there's a fine line between this and pursuing one person and being interested in one person and then being the kind of person, the kind of man who thinks, oh, I can get any girl I want. I'm like cocky in that sort of confident way. Mm-hmm. But, um, but there's a confidence that's a personal security in yourself mm-hmm. and you're not, it's a self-forgetfulness. We've used that word a couple of times, but it's not thinking about like, do they like me right now? I'm, I'm concerned like, or I'm nervous. Maybe you're nervous, but just act, act confident and secure and sure of what you want to pursue is what it communicates. And so, yeah, cause part, part of the, part of the decision the woman is making is how you're going to handle. Like if you ask a woman out, okay. If you are actually asking a woman out, 
there is a moment where you are exposed to rejection yeah. in a way that will yeah. deeply hurt you. Mm-hmm. Because what you're asking them is, if you're asking a woman out the way you're supposed to ask a woman out, what you're basically saying is, are you open to the possibility that if we got to know each other better, you would mix your genetics with me and we would make humans and like you wouldn't make them with anyone else. And don't so the, say that explicitly when you ask them out. Yeah, don't ask a woman out like this. But this, this is the subtext. Yeah. Am I good? En- am I good enough to mate with? Yeah. Like, and to like be your protector. And like, you're asking a lot of huge, and you're saying, are you open at all to the potential yeah. that I might mm-hmm. be this person? And so that there is a, and if she says no, mm-hmm. That's very painful, Mm -hmm. okay? And so if you're really asking a girl out, part of what they're observing is how you are handling the natural fear of being rejected. Mm -hmm. And so if you are asking like a puppy dog or terrified or like you are going to lose your sense of self if she says no or something like that, or if you text her because you can't handle it, if you text her, she assumes that's why you're texting her instead of asking her person. Yeah, yeah. There's not um, a confidence. There. Right. Mm-hmm. That you are, you cannot make a gut check. Mm-hmm. You can't put yourself out there for rejection and get hammered. And if you can't, you are not her man. Mm-hmm. And it shows she, courage. If you can. Right, because she that. is looking for a man with courage. Yeah. And if you can't muster the courage to ask her out with the appropriate amount of, of rejection exposure, mm-hmm. you are not, you are not courageous mm-hmm. and you can't be her man. If you can't make that gut check, because you'll have to make that gut check many times yes. to win her, to rewin her, to protect your children, to advance in a career, to fight for their future, to mm-hmm. do all kinds mm-hmm. of things. And so you have to show courage in the asking out moment. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, keep that in mind in how you ask the girl out. Yeah. I would like to take you out on a date. Would you like to go with me? It doesn't have to be more complicated no, than that. No, But it has to be decisive where if she says no, you are rejected. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel like if she says no, you'll be rejected, you're, the way you're asking is not good because classy. it should flatter her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should be saying, look, I'm asking you out and I'm ready to be rejected because I think enough of you that I'm willing to face the possibility of rejection mm-hmm. for the possibility that you might say yes to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's a very, and so it's a very intimate thing to ask somebody out. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it, that's why it's so dangerous because you're, you're, you're proposing intimacy with someone you are not intimate with yet mm-hmm. and then you have to receive it and so that gets to whether to what a date should really be which maybe we'll get to a little bit later but yeah and i think that um is important because well okay i think i've heard the excuse that people are introverted or more quiet and if you are a guy that feels like you're not this naturally extroverted person you can still do those things mm-hmm. you can still maybe practice on your friend. I don't know, but just, you can still stand up straight and you can still say words confidently and, um, comb your hair, and comb your hair, inch, bathe. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll get to that. We'll get to that. That's next. <laughs> so maybe we'll just go right into it. But I, I do want to yeah. say, Jill, did you find the, the other sheet? It's on the back. Oh, I don't. Oh, you gave me a new one. Okay. Introverts <laughs> find ways. If, in, if, if you like a girl enough, Yes. Introverts will, like, I'm, mm-hmm. Tim's an introvert. Yeah. He so that a way to ask you out. This, this point, be confident, is the number one thing that I find most attractive in my husband. Because he's very self-forgetful, but he's very confident in who he is. And he just asked, he asked me, he talked to my parents before he talked to me. To mm-hmm. ask me out on a date. Like, mm-hmm. not even to, 
to like marry me. He did that yeah. to marry me too. But I almost you don't have to like, do that. But uh, did you ever hear that story when? Because you, you guys both went to church as kids, right? Like, did you ever hear that story of like praying hide? Like the guy who prayed like seven hours a day and his legs were all like deformed and like they looked no. like like raw hides and like and people would pastors would tell that story in sermons on prayer mm-hmm. and it, the funny the thing was the effect on the congregation was usually like I'm not gonna pray because it was like he was too, the guy was too much of an example mm-hmm. you need like a guy who like learned how to pray from nothing and then you're like oh i could do that right i almost feel like tim is a little oh. like well, i'm like maybe he's too much maybe he's like i'm trying like, to use him as an example because he is a software developer which right. a lot of people in our church are he's no, not no your husband naturally extroverted is the dope he is so like you wrote that sandwich i think you mean the goat <laughs> No, he's awesome. No, I know, but Tim you're anyway. Is you're the mixing new, your modern sayings, but that's okay. No, Go he's ahead. he's the stuff, man. Like just this last Sunday, like I came to church, like you like had had this long weekend. And he made you this sandwich to eat, which you were like too sick to eat or something like that. And you were like, "Do you want it?" You can, and you gave it to me. It was like I've never eat, hardly eaten a sandwich like that in my life. It had like bacon and pickles and ham and like I was like chill. This man loves you. And she's like, I know. <laughs> it, it, it's just like Tim is like, he is, he's an introvert, but he is thoughtful and deliberate. Yes. That's and he, what I'm trying he to get pulls the trigger and like, he's a nice guy, but man, he like, he, he does the stuff mm-hmm. and he's in like, but he's, I think he is a great example because I almost nobody would, nobody would walk through the church and just be like, that that's the alpha wolf of the church <laughs> like tim's this unassuming guy he's not six eight and like he hasn't killed 90 people like he's a he's like a normal dude but like he's not a normal dude mm-hmm. and um he's yeah yeah i just wanted to put a shout out there to the quiet guys you can do it you can do yeah it. and if you don't know how ask tim reesey because or, or scott mm-hmm. scott's a little quiet a little quieter um, so I think I'm going to get ahead a little bit here where we were going to flip and talk a little bit about dating advice for women, but we'll, maybe we'll talk more about this later. But I think especially if you're a woman and you're listening and a guy does ask you out like that in person mm-hmm. and straightforward and he's willing to risk rejection, I think it's worth saying yes to that person. Mm-hmm. One time. One time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can talk more about that later. Yes. We will mm-hmm. talk more. But yeah. I'm going to say that now. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next thing that we think is important for men is to um, take care of yourself, including your appearance. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, with this, this started, we were talking about this before and um, the conversation started because we we're like, you know, if you've got this massive scraggly beard, you should shave it. And I don't actually agree with that. Personally, <laughs> I'm a fan of facial hair. My husband has a beard. I would rather he have a mustache than nothing at all. Um, but the point of that is like, you should take care of yourself. You should you should care more than nothing about your appearance because um, po- that's going to communicate something to the woman that you're asking out as well. Mm-hmm. Think about when you go to a job interview, even if you don't really like fashion, even if you don't really care, like if normally you want to just be in, a, in an old t-shirt that you've had since high school and like gym shorts, you dress up for an interview because you want to mm-hmm. communicate to these people that you think that it's important that um, you show them that you care, that you want to put on your best for that. It's the same thing with a date because also a date basically is an interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it shows you're it pursuing is. something. Yeah. 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 And when you ask a girl out, you're trying to get an interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so it, it, what do you girls think about a man bringing like a dating resume to asking? You <laughs> so you're uh, like, I've brought my dating resume. 
No. I would I'd be creeped out probably. Yes, that would be creepy. Definitely less than one page though. Right? Yeah. Mm. Although I will say Scott did bring a resume to my dad when he asked to marry me. So, yeah. and maybe in some instances it's good. Yeah. But I wouldn't do it in that instance. Yeah, I yeah. think that <laughs> yeah, there are that some Christian creepy. guys who feel like what they want to demonstrate is that they're not committed to vanity. Right. And so they will wear very mm. inexpensive clothing. And some of them are very good with their money. They're saving their money, you know. But they're, what my, my wife, the, one of the first things she tells these guys is, this is called gel. <laughs> you should put it in your hair. Yes. Like get a hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Get a button down shirt. Like do some Get things. clothes that fit you. Get clothes and that fit you. And sometimes it's for people who like maybe you feel insecure about the way that you look. You're probably wearing clothes that are too big for you because maybe mm-hmm. you are a little like maybe you think you're a little overweight and so you're like, I don't want to show like trying to hide a little bit. You can look yeah. so many different body types can mm-hmm. look great. And so if you have a sister, ask your sister. If you don't mm-hmm. have a sister, maybe your mom would help you. If your mom isn't that good at that, find a friend at church or like your buddy's wife or something like that. Yeah. But there are or talk to me because I love this and I would yeah. love to help you. Yeah. But there But but that is a great advice. So talk to a woman who's yeah. like you're friends with her husband or like mm-hmm. a woman who like isn't going to take it as a come on if you're like, well, it, yeah, I mean, you could ask a single woman too, but <laughs> that's probably not the right thing to do. But like just ask a woman who is married like, hey, I feel like maybe I'm not doing what I'm, am, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing appearance wise to attract to me? And, and if you have to ask that question, probably the answer is no. Mm-hmm. And, but they would be happy to help you. But like, this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know guys, I know guys in the, ch- in my church mm-hmm. that like, this is the first thing I would tell them. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. tell them you need to attend to your physical appearance mm-hmm. because Women see that as part of your conscientiousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How yeah. you attend yes. to detail and what needs to be taken care of. They don't see your house. They can't tell if you mow your lawn. They can't tell how attentive mm-hmm. to detail you are or how focused you are on doing things right. What they can see is your appearance. Yeah. And if your appearance is such that you don't seem to, to attend to it, mm-hmm. it's natural for them to assume you are the sort of person who doesn't attend to details. And mm-hmm. some of these guys are guys who attend, like if you go into their personal lives, they do attend to detail, yeah. but they're communicating something different by how they dress. And, and, I, and I think that in addition to this, yes, you need to like look at how you eat and are you exercising mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so on. And are you healthy for your body type? I'm mm-hmm. not saying are you hot yeah. for your body type, but are you, yeah. because yeah. a woman, it's one thing that it's for a woman to, to look at you if you're not the hottest guy. Same thing for the guy looking for the girl that's not the hottest girl. That's very different than not being healthy yeah. because you're asking somebody to bind themselves to you ultimately. And one of the things that one of the liabilities or strengths of that bond is your physical health. Yeah. And for you to advertise that you're not going to take care of yourself is not encouraging to them. Mm-hmm. Right. So you don't have to be the thinnest thing possible. Mm-mm. In fact, you don't want to be wafy if you're a girl at least or a good guy. I mean, there's, there's too wafy for guys, but like, how you eat and like how you mm-hmm. physically are, I think is matters too. But I, sometimes, sometimes guys think that because we all naturally look for like the, the person we would like most want to be with on both sexes, we bypass mm-hmm. like all these other people. And mm-hmm. like, there are a lot of like, if you're a normal looking guy, okay, listen, you're probably not going to marry the hottest girl. You probably don't even really want to. You're probably gonna marry another normal girl, which is like, 98% of them, right? And you just need to pick one that has good character and that's kind of sweet mm-hmm. and that you like being around and mm-hmm. and they'll say yes to you if you ask them out and you dress nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. I think we covered that one pretty well. Yep. <laughs> Very thoroughly. Um, Nick, did you want to say any more about asking someone out once a month? Um, I know that Nicole and I have talked about not asking someone out on pity dates. Like if you see someone not being asked out to just ask them out because no one else is asking them out because, yeah. and you're not actually interested in them. Yeah. Apparently That's terrible. Nicole knew. A yeah. I knew a guy in high school did that, or not in high school in college. You did that. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> it's a dummy move. Yeah. So there's yeah. some nuances we could add to this asking someone out once a month. Right. Cause if, if there's a girl who isn't getting asked out at all, there's probably something wrong with her that she has to face. And it, it pity dates don't help with that. Mm-hmm. She needs to ask her girlfriends mm-hmm. or, or husbands of women that she respects. Like what's with me? Like, is there, can you see a reason why guys aren't asking me out? And the answer is almost always yes. If you have a good relationship with candor, the answer is yes. It's this. It's you're like this. This is how you talk to people. This is how you don't listen. This is the way you behave. This is how you drive. There's almost always a reason. And it's very significant. And it is the reason they're not getting asked out. And women just think it's because men are pigs. And men just think women are too picky or something. Um, but but actually, most of us have, a lot of us have like very significant character flaws. Mm-hmm. And um, and we need to deal with them. And I've, I know people, there's actually a young woman in the church right now who when I met her like four or five years ago, she was the picture of the undateable woman. Like she was, she was not lovely. She didn't dress well. She was like almost unfunctional in her insecurity. She was unarticulate. Like I was just like, this poor girl is never, ever going to find somebody. And she started with her insecurity and she started with some of the harms of her past and she started working through that. And she intentionally got jobs where she had to interact with people mm. directly for her business. And she, like every step along the way, she faced the thing that was holding her back. And she asked people and she had mentors. I think she had like two mentors. Mm. And like as, and then she became more confident. And as she became more confident, she got prettier, like dramatically prettier. And this, this girl that like just looked bad. All of a sudden she like her shoulders were back and you could see her face and her eyes were bright and like, and like I tell my girls all the time, everybody's pretty when they're young. If you just are alive Mm -hmm. and the more alive she became, the more beautiful she Mm -hmm. became and the more beautiful she became, the more attractive she became. And now she's dating some guy who's Mm -hmm. a perfectly nice guy Mm -hmm. and I'm so happy. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like the church was a big part of that. Like the family of God was a big part of that. Yeah. And I think that happens for guys. I've seen that happen with guys too. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, Vince has told a story a number of times where he came to my house. And I was like, Vince, you're single because there's something wrong with you. And that was really hard for him to hear. Mm-hmm. But like, as he dealt with it, he realized there that was exactly what <laughs> was the case. And like, he began to deal with it. And then as he dealt with that, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like. And I've heard him say that to other people too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it clearly yeah. had an impact on him that he yeah. would, he recognized it. Yeah. So, and I think yeah. no, but part of the issue that we always face is that when people are hurting, the last thing you want to do because of empathy is to deliver mm. bad news, mm-hmm. right? You want to be like, oh, sweetie, it's going to turn around for you. But if you sit down with a 21-year-old young woman and there, there is a clear, like, tragic fault in her and you know that that is why mm. no guy wants to touch her with a 10-foot pole and you say, sweetie, you're going to find the right guy. It's You're like, you. that is a hateful thing to do. Mm-hmm. And the feeling of empathy makes you feel like you're doing the right thing. Cause you're making her feel mm-hmm. better. And that's an, you, people forget that empathy is an instinct. It's not a virtue. 
-hmm. Sometimes you go with it. Sometimes you don't. But it's almost like a gauge. Empathy's like, okay, I should emotionally try Mm -hmm. to comfort this person who's hurt. Right? That's that's the right first instinct. But then you got to ask yourself, is this love? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the answer is many times it isn't. And so if you have to then wound her, empathy tells you, well, do, do it nicely. (laughs) <laughs> wound her nicely and that's good but you have to say sweetheart listen until you face x mm-hmm. y is not going to happen mm-hmm. or if y does happen it's going to be the wrong guy mm-hmm. right and so i think that that's i i just i i know that i know that people can be helped mm-hmm. people believe that our psychological problems can't be fixed mm-hmm. they believe people don't really change and that you can't really fix stuff and that is not true you you might you might not get a hundred percent free of something, but oftentimes if you get sixty percent free of something, you are a hundred percent more functional, and a hundred percent more dateable. <laughs> yeah. You know? All right. Um. How much more time do we have? Not much. Not none, much. None. 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 None more time. <laughs> none more time. <laughs> okay. But I think uh, we have some more dating advice for women that uh, we can do another. Okay, wait, I want to cover, I want to cover yeah. the exclusive dating thing before we go, though. Yeah. Because I okay. think the reason we don't have more time is because of my schedule. And I'm supposed to be sermon prepping right now. Yeah. Uh, I thought um, you had volleyball. I think you have to go coach oh, the volleyball. Oh, that's right. I have to coach volleyball. <laughs> okay. So there's something I do want to talk about really briefly here, and that is exclusive dating relationships. And I, I, I think it's important to recognize there is no such thing as that in the Bible. And I, I don't think exclusive dating relationships is a basically calling dibs on something you're not going to use for an unforeseeable period of time. It's like going out to the car and calling shotgun Hmm. and then not getting in the car. Right? Mm -hmm. Like the idea that you can just date somebody, I don't think is a biblical concept and I don't think it's a useful concept. I think that there should be things pressing people forward in commitment and relationships. And I think when a girl says, yeah, we're dating, I won't date anybody else. I don't think that's good. Frankly, Hmm. I think that a girl, because she's having good dates with one person, She declines dates with another person for now because she likes where this is going. I think that's perfectly her choice, right? But until you're married, you have zero sexual ownership of anybody. Okay. The way, the way, the way the world works is um, the minute you have sex with somebody, it's presumed on some level you have co-sexual ownership of that person with consent as long as you maintain that commitment verbally and it, it ends when you say we're not dating anymore. That is a completely unbiblical notion. Now Christians ape that by saying we can make out and I can grab your boobs on, you know, that's okay. I have that much sexual ownership. There's nothing biblical about that in the Bible. It says you should treat younger women as sisters mm-hmm. with absolute mm-hmm. purity. So anything that's sexual Anything you couldn't do with your sister or your mother, you don't own in a woman you're dating. And so if that's the case, then then what is a date? And it's, a, it's an extended set of sets of interviews with somebody you're learning to be friends with who you are romantically interested in that you might like to ask to be your wife. So there's a book called Raising Purity by an author in Chicago where he's talking about how to do this with kids. And he said, and so he says, now in order to tell kids what to do, I need to give you a model where I think dating should be like. And he's like, I realize this is going to be very countercultural. He says, this is what I think men should do. They should go to a woman and say, I would like to go out on a date with you. But I want you to understand that though I have romantic intentions, there will be no romantic activity. We're going to go, we're going to talk. I'm going to get to know you like I would get to know a friend. Mm -hmm. And it is because I want to know you better because I would like to marry a woman and I would like to know you better as to whether or not you would be that person. 
but it's not, we, we're not dating. Like you're not committed to me and I'm not committed to you. Like I'm going to get to know you better. And, um, our, our romantic interactions will commence if I ask you to marry me. Right. Um, and his argument is like, you should, she, you should, she should be free to accept dates with anybody else she likes. And you should be able to date other people in, in, oh, but only in that fashion. And it's predicated on mm-hmm, this idea mm-hmm. that you have zero sexual rights to somebody mm-hmm. until you marry them. Now, for most people, that may sound like something from Mars. <laughs> Not okay. Joshua Harris, though. Not Joshua, yeah. yeah. But there's, so there's two, there's two points I would like to make on the basis of that. One is, that's how worldly your understanding of mm-hmm. romance is. If you think that's weird, if you think the, the and you're like, mm-hmm. that's just so weird. It's because you've gone through the looking glass. It's like when people are in abusive relationships, then they're not sure if it's abusive. They're like, is this bad? I'm, am I being abused? And you're like, yes, you are being abused. And like, they don't really know because they've been in it for so long and they've never, they don't even remember not being in it. The dating culture that we're in right now is so abusive. It's so monstrous, but it's all any of us have ever known. We, none of us have lived in cultures of arranged marriages or anything like mm-hmm. that. And so we have no idea that this is stupidity, Right. The idea, like, it wasn't even that long ago where people would call on women. So they would call, this is before cars mostly, they would call the father or mother, say, I would like to call on Jill or Nicole. And the parent would be like, okay, you can call on her at five. And then you would come to the house and you would talk to the dad and the mom for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And then they would let the girl come out and then you'd sit in the parlor and talk with each other, right? Things like that. Now, listen, I know kids have always been trying to get around that and have sex in like the hay mount in the barn. Like I get that. But the, the idea that like it is our job to set up a system that is designed to be wise about our sexual mm-hmm, natures mm-hmm. Yes. is fundamental to wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think I, I am, listen, I do not think a woman should see herself as tethered and I think she should resist that. I think she should say like, I love the state. Listen, if you asked me out on another date, I would go on another date, but I, I don't want you to get the wrong idea that, we are a thing. And it, what it also does is it keeps people away from codependency and dating relationships. Codependency and dating relationships leads to unhealthy marriages. Because if you date one person and you're just like so into them and you just are with them all the time, and it's just the two of you, that's not how your married life is going to be if you get married. You're going to be interacting with them, with other people all the time, not doing whatever you want and not having merely intimate moments just with yourself. You need to know what, you, what you're like with those people with other people and what those people are like with you with other people. Mm-hmm. And the more you can live that way, the easier it is to maintain purity, the more it will drive you to make a real decision. The more like, I think if like, if Nicole was dating and she was like, I'm, well, I'm dating this guy. I, I like him. My advice, be, listen, if three other guys ask you out and you want to go out on dates with them, it's good contrast. If you go out with another guy and he treats you a lot better, you know, you, that'll either cause you to go out with that other guy or demand more from this other mm-hmm. fellow. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I think, so I think that the whole boyfriend, girlfriend thing, I just think it's a monstrosity and I think it's naive. The idea that a Christian young couple of Christian young people can date like that for a year and be sexually pure, not be codependent and all that. I just think that's crazy. It's imagining the human being as something other than we are. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we should indulge in that kind of thing. So I am perfectly for, and especially if girls have been dating guys for a long time, like I would, I encourage men to pursue those women Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I think those women are being mistreated. 
I think if you date a woman for six months, you owe her, you owe her some kind of very significant DTR, which has a timetable attached to it. Mm -hmm. If you're an adult and I'm just arbitrarily going to say older than 20, one or maybe 22, if you're older than that, you should be mature enough to know if you have very significant intentions in six months or less. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't know a woman significantly more if you date her for a year. You Mm -hmm. still barely know each other. Mm Mm-hmm. There's there's no dating relationship in which you get married and you still don't barely know each other, mm-hmm. even that's if you true. live together. <laughs> and so um, that's why you use mentors and other adults mm-hmm. to be like, do you mm-hmm. think that our relationship is doomed or if it's a good one or whatever? And that's why you use pre-marriage counseling and engage in, or uh, prepare and enrich and all that kind of stuff because that's how that helps. So I think those structures and all that I think is important. I think the most important thing is you have to just leave Babel for mm-hmm. the open world where God has commanded you to go. And you need to completely redefine how you understand romance mm-hmm. and be confident in it. And if you are, if you, especially if you're a man and if you're courageous enough to be that wild, um, you're going to find a woman who responds very positively to that. Mm-hmm. And if not, ask a guy for advice who has closed the deal mm-hmm. and their wife. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks for being with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us online on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and other apps like that. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or otherwise share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways that we have to reach new listeners. So until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.